0: From Hebrews thirteen, Hebrews thirteen one through eight and fifteen through sixteen from the Common English Bible, starting in verse one. Keep loving each other like family. Don't neglect to open up your homes to guests, because by doing this, some have been hosts to angels without knowing it. Remember prisoners as if you were in prison with them, and people who are mistreated as if you were in their place. Marriage must be honored in every respect with no cheating on the relationship because God will judge the sexually immoral person and the person who commits adultery. Your way of life should be free from the love of money and you should be content with what you have. After all, he said, I will never leave you or abandon you. This is why we can confidently say the Lord is my helper and I won't be afraid. What can people do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke God's word to you. Imitate their faith as you consider their way, the way their lives turned out. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then verses 15 and 16. So let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise through him, which is the fruit from our lips that confess his name. Don't forget to do good and to share with you. Share what you have because God is pleased with those kind of sacrifices. That's the word of God for us this morning. As I, as I read that scripture and prayed about what to share, I couldn't help but think about Tanya and her love for hiking. I don't know if you all know that about her or not, but she loves to go out and hike on... Uh, Dirt trails, that's what she gets a kick out of these days. And and over the past couple years, she's bought all kinds of things to help her along the way. She has this uh, massive amount of hiking equipment. She's got these, I thought, I asked her, when are you going skiing? And she said, what are you talking about? I said, well, you got these two poles that I see, and she said, Well, those are to help you when the terrain is kind of slick and muddy. We help you get your grip. And uh, she's got all kinds of stuff like that. She's got this water filtration system. So if she runs out of the water that she takes and she finds a creek, she can just, it's, and it's really small, but she can uh, filter the water. And I'm sure, it doesn't taste like aquafina, but it's good enough that she could drink and have her, her thirst quenched. But she likes it. I, I would consider uh, myself. A novice when it comes to hiking and and she would consider herself a novice too but we're certainly novices on two different levels but but you know what she's got all this stuff and and enough to fill really half of our closet at home and, and she doesn't take it all with her you know it just depends on what trail she's going on is what she takes with her like the sticks to the walk they've got a name they're not called sticks uh, but if she doesn't take those on every hike if it's been dry for a while and she's going somewhere where she knows it's not going to be wet she doesn't bother to take those and if she's just going to Mount St. Francis over in Floyd County well that's a three mile hike she knows she doesn't need her water filtration system for that so she doesn't take everything on every hike but but there are some things that she specifically takes no matter where she's hiking even if it's just a mile hike there at lake salinda you know she always has water because you just never know how how hot you're going to get out there that's a necessity that she takes on every hike she takes her shoes no matter what her hiking shoes are part of the necessity bag that she's got that on every trip she always has a bag of uh protein-filled snacks that she takes because if she got lightheaded or sick along the trail, she has to have those. Some things are necessities, and and there's a lot of things that you only take for specific journeys. And I thought about all this uh, because of what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. This will be familiar to all of us. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Uh, I I thought about that as it relates to this morning's scripture, and and when we think about that narrow way, that narrow path that Jesus is calling us to walk on, it's just like Tanya and her hiking. You know, there are some things that help us along the way on that narrow road, but there are some must-haves That we gotta have. If we're gonna enter through that gate and follow that narrow path, we have to have some things. And I think that's what our list in Hebrews is all about this morning. The sermon title uh, is—I had originally called it "Tips to Navigate the Narrow Road," but really it's tools. And and I want us to think about it in terms of that hiking uh, example that I gave. That if we had a backpack and we're going on this narrow road through this Christian life. These are things that we have to have. These aren't optional. If we're going to navigate the road, we have to have these things. And, and, and the first thing you got to have, just like Tanya won't go anywhere without water, we can't even begin this journey on this narrow road if we don't have love in our backpack. Love is a necessity to bring. Verse 2 there says, Keep loving each other like family. Not just love each other, the Bible says, but love each other like family. And that to me takes love to a whole other level because I really, really love my family. And I want to confess something to you this morning. Do you know that I have family members who I love? I do love them, but I don't even like <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, right? It sounds weird to say. But but these are the kind of family members that if I turned the aisle in Walmart and, and saw them there and they didn't see me, I might head the other direction because I don't want to have that interaction. But while I don't want to be around them necessarily long term, if they were to call me and be in trouble or need anything, I would help them because I love them. I, I love them because they're family Sure, they're, they're difficult and there's some things that we don't always agree with, but I love them. And that's what the Bible is saying here. Don't just love people. You love them like family. If we're going to be on this narrow road, uh, we've got to have love in the backpack. It's kind of like air in our lungs. We can't get very far without love. And, and as I share that with you about some members of my family, uh, I was listening to a sermon recently. And the pastor used 1 John 4, 8. And I knew this uh, scripture. I had heard it a million times, but it really convicted me in a way that it never had. And and 1 John 4, 8 says, The person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. And and as I heard those words, they penetrated my chest and hit me right in the heart because I, I know that I don't always... Love So in those moments that I don't love, and I don't have that love for people like I do my family, is it in those moments that I don't know God. And that really convicted me. And I I did a silent prayer just right there and said, Lord, I want your heart. If there's any stone left on this heart, I just pray that you continue to chisel it away and make it a true heart of flesh and a heart of love so I can love everybody. There's a meme on Facebook that says you won't see anybody today Who God doesn't love. And I want to have eyes like that. I want to love people that way. And it's the most important thing on this journey. Uh, uh, Tanya has hiking shoes. I shared that with you. But if she showed up to go on a hike. and Oh I forgot my shoes at home. She could go ahead and and do that hike. She probably would. But if she shows up to a hike. And she forgot to get water. She's probably not going to go on it. And I want us to think about love like that. If we try to walk this narrow road and we get to that gate and we don't have love in our hearts, we can't make that journey. You can't walk this Christian life. You can't be a Christ follower if you don't love. That's what 1 John 4 8 makes clear to me and all of us this morning. So the most important thing on this journey is love. But you don't only need love in your backpack. Uh, This scripture here in Hebrew says, You got to love them. I lost my place here. It says, Don't neglect to open up your homes to guests, because by doing some of this, you've been host to angels without knowing it. We got to be hospitable. We don't only love people, we got to be hospitable to people. And that's not always easy. Don't neglect to open up your homes to guests. Uh, some versions say to strangers. Because doing this, some have been hosts to angels without knowing it. Open up your homes? Yeah. As I prepared this message, like, when's the last time did I actually have strangers in my house? Well, there, there was a time recently I, I walked out of the bedroom and there's a, a young man standing there in the house, mind you. And I said, uh, can I help you? They said, yeah, is, is George home? You know, that's my son. We both, our friends call us George. And I was like, no, I don't believe he is. And, and I would appreciate in the future that you would knock. Uh, <laughs> uh, it made me think about the, the gun shop there on 56. Maybe I need to invest uh, in something uh, like that. But I, I was startled. But but really, uh, think about that, the, the stranger aspect. Invite strangers into your homes, and last week in the sermon I used the scripture from, from Matthew 25 where Jesus said, I was a stranger, I'm paraphrasing, I was a stranger and you invited me in. And, and the disciples said to Jesus, when were you a stranger and we let you in? And Jesus said, whenever you let any stranger in, it's like you're doing it for me. So invite strangers in. But I don't want us to, to read this and say, well, we don't have strangers come to our door. I don't. Rarely that one time in... in where George's friend just walked in, but we don't have strangers coming up to the door. How do we do this? I think the Bible is telling us we got to be out there in our worlds, mingling with people, meeting strangers, and when we meet them, we got to be hospitable to them. we got to love them. It's a call for Christ followers. If you're going to walk this narrow road, you better do it with hospitality in your heart. Not only those we love, not only those we love like family, even the strangers. Even the strangers. Even the people that it isn't easy to be nice to and hospitable to. Jesus used an example of the, the, the Jewish man being aided by the Good Samaritan. The Samaritans and the Jews didn't care for each other. He used that for an example to say it's no excuse just because you don't always get along. Be hospitable. I read a poll that they gave to foreigners who visit our country. 90% of them said their time in America, they never encountered people trying to evangelize. And it was in the high 90% that said they had never been invited into a Christian home. 90% had never had somebody try to tell them about the love of Jesus. 90% 9 out of 10 foreigners who visit this country said that. That's heartbreaking to me. We're a Christian nation, and there's churches everywhere. And we can't make people receive the good news, but we can share it, and that's the call. That's part of being hospitable. Because uh, the Bible says, well, maybe sometimes if you're hospitable to strangers, it's like entertaining angels. Well, well, maybe being hospitable to strangers would be like somebody finding Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We need to be hospitable. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Because doing this, some have been host to angels without knowing it. And there's all kinds of examples of when this happened in the Old Testament. Abraham did it in Genesis 18. Gideon did it in Judges 6. Manoah in Judges 13. All these people were hospitable. And that led to new stories of good news, new possibilities, new life, and a new avenue of service. That's how we do. We're supposed to be hospitable. Maybe we'll entertain angels, but more than that, we might introduce a stranger to Jesus Christ. Maybe we'll introduce Jesus to one of these foreigners who come to visit, and they'll take Jesus back, and it'll be a ripple effect that keeps going and going. And then we're still not done with this ideal of being hospitable to strangers because verse 3 raises the bar even a little higher. Uh, The Bible says, remember prisoners as if you were in prison with them, and people who are mistreated as if you were in their place. The Bible's saying, be hospitable to people in the margins, not just those ones that it's easy to be hospitable to. So we got to have love. We got to have hospitality. We got to have these two things in the bag. We cannot function on this narrow road, this hike. Of the Christ life, the Christ like life, if we don't have these things in our bag. And then then the next thing this scripture says we got to have for this journey is we got to be committed. We must have commitment. Marriage must be honored in every respect with no cheating on the relationship because God will judge the sexually immoral and the person who commits adultery. There's a clear message here to to the married couples but but it's deeper than that I, I think we can't gloss over it and I don't want to go too far out outside the boundary and, and try to put the words into the scripture and make it say something it doesn't but I think the clear message for us no matter if we're married in this room or not is that we have to be committed the the verbiage is marriage but deeper than that it's commitment and it's hard we got to be committed Uh, We got to be committed when things are difficult on the road. When I I always, I say, well, I'm going to really be good at watching my carb intake and I'll do it. I'll do it for a week and I do just fine. And then I'll I'll say, and this happens more than once, unfortunately, well, I've been great all week. I'm going to have some pizza on Sunday after church just to reward myself and, oh, I get those carbs in my system. And the next three days, I, I'm like, where's that commitment that I had last week? I'm having trouble getting it back. But I think we do that on this Christian journey, too, where, Lord, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be hospitable to strangers. I'm going to love people this week. And we'll do it for a couple of days, and then we'll hit that difficulty. We'll get sidetracked, and we forget all about that commitment. The Bible's saying, be committed. we got to have commitment, not just in our marriage, but in our lives. And again, the Bible doesn't... Really go outside of the marriage there, but I, I think it's clear it's not unbiblical to say that we need to be committed in all things that we do on this narrow road that we walk. So if you're going on a on a hike of this narrow road, how are we doing at this point? Uh, do we have love in our backpacks? Uh, are we hospitable to strangers, even those who are mistreated and imprisoned, those in the margin? And how are we on our commitment level? And then we're not done. I think there's five essentials that we have to have from this scripture. The next one is that we have to be content. Your way of life should be free from the love of money. And you should be content with what you have. After all, he has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. I got a confession to make. Uh, this is a struggle for me. We're we're doing the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace class at at, at New Hope, and uh, he he talks about keeping up with the Joneses a lot. People try. I have that inner desire to keep up with the Joneses. I mean, if uh, I'm at a friend's house and he says, "Oh, look at this new 55-inch smart TV I bought," it. I'm like, I'm watching TV on a little 32-inch. There's this inner desire that says, "I want that." I want that fifty-five inch TV. We leave, and I'll tell Tanya, "Oh, that TV is really nice. We sh- we should get that." And she she helps me to see the error of that kind of thinking. But but I struggle with that. Hey, uh, you know, I want the new car. They got a nice car. Oh, it's so nice. I I rode in it, and and I want that. You know, uh, this scripture here in Hebrews is one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible. Have you ever heard anybody misquote it? They'll say, money is the root of all evil. You ever heard anybody say that? Well, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says, the love of money is the root of all evil. So these two things tie in together. My my love for stuff, right? I have that. I want to keep up with the Joneses, Joneses, but how do you do that? You need more money. So there you work more, and then you get more stuff. You're just not content. And I've come a long way with this. I have gotten better. Uh, I'm perfectly fine driving my 12-year-old Jeep, the 2007 Liberty. It does me just fine. I I see those nice TVs that my friends have, and I'm just perfectly fine with the ones we have. But, But there is a little bit of not being content. The Bible's saying... Don't struggle with this. Find contentment in what you have. If not, you'll be so focused on what you want that you'll miss the moment that you're in. You'll be focused about this stuff and not doing what God wants you to do. I can just imagine if I was getting off of work and had that big 55-inch smart TV waiting for me at home, I'd be more tempted to go there and be less productive. I wouldn't have the opportunities to entertain strangers or to love people. Or to do those things. Be content. We, we hear these stories about people around the world. That have to walk two or three miles for drinking water. And I can walk ten steps in any direction in my house. And turn on a faucet. Where's the contentment with what we have? It's always about what we don't have. And then finally the last thing I, I think we need in our bag. We, we need to have love. And we need to be compatible. We need to be. Uh, committed, and we need to be content. But, but the last thing I see here in our scripture this morning that we have to have, these are essentials. We need to be followers. I think there's a typo there. We need uh, to follow. We need to follow is, is what it should say. Remember your leaders who spoke God's word to you. Imitate their faith. As you consider the way their lives turned out, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, as I began to grow in my faith, I was so blessed to be surrounded by men and women who who were living out their faith. And they were such great examples to follow them. You know, sometimes they would fall, but they'd get right back up. And that really helped me on my journey to know when I fall, I can get back up too. And I had some people who weren't as far along as I was. And then there were people in my life that I followed who who was way further along than I was. And you know what? They had people who was further along than them. And the Bible's saying, follow their example. As I went over this this morning, one last time, I couldn't help but think about Of My grandma Fern, my mom's mom. And you know what? She was one of these leaders in my life. You know, she would go to church every time the doors were open. And and she wasn't one of those hand raisers. And uh, she just didn't have it on the outside of her body. But she was always there. She was committed to the church. And and some might say, well, she was just there because she was lonely. It was social for her. She wasn't the most social person. She just liked being in the house of God. And, and when I think about my own faith journey, what, what a witness that was for me. It was important to her to be at church on Sunday morning. It was important to her to be at prayer meeting, she called it, on Tuesday night. Those things were important. And you know, you'd go over her house on the weekend and she didn't open her Bible and preach, but you just knew she was living it. And so the Bible says, follow those people. Follow their example. We get overwhelmed when we think about trying to live that Christ-like life. I can't. I will never measure up to Jesus, and we won't, but we try. And one of the ways we try is by watching those and following those people around us who, who live that life. You see, too many people think there's no falling on the narrow road, but that's not true. If we follow these guides... It'll help us, though, if Tanya runs into things and she's got the necessities in her bag on that trail, she's going to be able to deal with them better. If we have these things as we navigate that narrow road, that doesn't mean we're not going to turn a corner and say, Oh, there's a bear. I wasn't expecting to see the bear here. But do we have these things in our our bag to help us deal with the struggles that we face along the way? And they're a must. we got to love. we got to be... Hospitable. We gotta be committed. We gotta be content. And we gotta be good followers of those who have gone on before us. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I just thank you this morning for, for those people in our lives who showed us the way to you. Lord, for those people who who live it out, have been examples to each and every one of us. I know everybody in this room can think of people who have pointed them toward you, pointed us toward you. I thank you for that. I pray that we would be those people for others in our lives. Show us the way. Help us to be mindful of the message you've given us this morning, that we need to have love in our hearts and be hospitable and and committed and, and content and to be good followers. Lord, I pray it all.